my starting this email, I said, as we started digging into archetypes, I thought maybe we could do an overall study on male slash female, since it is a form of archetypal nature, which is possibly most easily understood. As awkward as it seems to bring up, I think also covering sexual energy related topics would be interesting to put next to the archetypes discussion like this. I love this. Um, yeah, um, Nick, I don't know if you heard, I didn't get the, uh, the, the email, but I really like this this topic. I consider this uh, frequently um, breaking apart uh, the, the archetypal male and female from how we experience it. So I know this is a, a great topic to come out of uh, the raw material. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny that there was, there was one time when I had a fundamentalist Christian friend who looked at the law of what.info website. And that was the thing that stuck out to them was that there was a category called sexual energy exchange and i was like whoa this is weird yeah but at the same time it's such a profound and powerful thing everyone understands it to some degree but it's so hard to even talk about and to talk about the fact that there's there's psychic phenomenon and it's like having even just you know with one romantic partner it's very very quickly obvious that there are psychic things happening that when she's exchange receiving energy or exchanging energy i can feel that there, there there's not a, it's not a, ever a one-sided thing there's always a something happening that's beyond the physical that seems to be hard to put your finger on right an exchange um well i have to say that i i find this to be one of the most um fascinating and intriguing topics in the law of one, uh, just because it has a lot of good um, metaphysics in it. And they describe each of the energy centers that are involved and um, even give some examples and things like that. So that's why I find that so uh, interesting because they do provide a lot of uh, practical knowledge. I was uh, I was reading through it. I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. And at its heart, it is uh, it is polarity. You know, if you want to just break it down the 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 essence of what it is it's polarity and as we re i was reading through these things it's it, Roz just flat out saying it you know like the the polarity was uh induced in the way it was to promote like further intrigue by the by the adept yeah yeah it's definitely seems like it was the plan of the the logos to evolve with male and female and this was also based on the you know the previous previous universe apparently but we we can get into that soon but yeah i just wanted to clarify mention again that nathan couldn't make it today um but i'm sure we'll have an amazing discussion about this stuff and we can keep on going into this uh, cuz basically all of the um archetypes are interesting to consider when there are female or male energies represented by those images in the in the major arcana and so th th there's so much to cover about each individual archetype, even each individual major, major arcana image that we, we can't possibly, you know, go, go into all the details of what, what the nuances would be for the implications around the nature of male and female. But to some degree, we already know from our life experience what the nature of male and female is, which is so interesting. And that, that is one of the biggest ways that we can inform ourselves about what these archetypes are actually suggesting and saying about the nature of mind, body, spirit, and the, and the differences between male and female in the expression of mind, body, and spirit patterns. 
Dig it. So are we starting at the uh, at the top of the archetypal level here, or um, what's the lineup? Yep, I will um, get some of these images ready to to pull up. But so the first one I thought we could talk about, and I'll share my screen here. We can head over to session eighty four, and we'll just start out straight with the, with the previous universe in eighty four twenty two. Um, as this is towards the end of the material, they finally. They, they, Don was asked, Don asked, um, before the veil. So the veil, um, is a reference to, you know, earlier in the evolution of the, of the galaxy, before there was a separation between the conscious and the unconscious minds. Um, did the logos or did most logoi, most galaxies, plan before the veil to create a system of random sexual activity or specific pairing of entities for periods of time? Or did they have an objective in this respect? Um, and Ross said, the harvest from the previous creation was that which included the male and female mind, body, spirit. So literally the, the beginnings of our universe, there was an awareness of male and female um, as, as a kind of polarized du duality for express expression of the one infinite creator. It was the intention of the original Logoi that entities mate with one another in any fashion which caused a greater polarization. It was determined after observation of the process of many Logoi that polarization increased manyfold if the mating were not indiscriminate. Um, so already we have, this is a disclaimer for people who are fundamentalists watching this, that this is our disclaimer that mm -hmm. they're encouraging monogamy right, right <laughs> from the get-go here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like there's going to be so many disclaimers in this talk because uh, <laughs> sexuality is such a hot topic right now that like I, I feel like right out of the gate, we should just say like, at least for me personally, yes, we are talking about male, female throughout this whole thing and sexual energy transfer throughout this whole thing. Um, but it, it, it really is breaking down to this fundamental of polarity on off light, dark. You know, the, the universe is discover or the consciousness is discovering itself through this play of the universe. And it's not shooting right down the middle. You know what I mean? It's 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 ex it's experiencing both ends of the scale. Right. Yeah. And and it's not to say that male and female is light and dark, but but we can talk about this with the with the specific Turo images. Um, for example, the um um the potentiator of the mind, you have the light and the dark aspects on the feminine um representation of the unconscious mind um which is the high priestess and then if you skip ahead to the the transformation of the mind we have a male figure who has the light and dark uh, feminine aspects represented on either shoulder um with the idea um that the the male can as as the mind is being transformed this is similar to um the way in which the male would would perceive the female and there's two different ways to perceive the female um they said in session um 99 regarding this archetype they said many use the trunk and roots of mind as if that portion of mind were a badly used prostituted entity then this entity gains from this great storehouse that which is rough prostituted and without great virtue those who turn to the deep mind seeking in the, in it the guise of the maiden seeking it in the guise of the maiden seeking the deep mind in the guise of the maiden, go forth to court it. 
courting the deep mind. The courtship has nothing of plunder in its semblance and may be protracted, yet the treasure gained by such careful courtship is great. The right-hand and left-hand transformations of the mind may be, may be seen to differ by the attitude of the conscious mind towards its own resources as well as the resources of other selves. So the polarity is everywhere, but, but the polarity between um, male and female is one way of growing deeper in our appreciation for the way in which we choose to perceive even the, the resources of the mind uh, within our, our own mind. Um, and if you if, go back to the, the one you were at previously. Oh, the transformation. Yes. Uh, so um, the male figure in the middle is wearing the female wig, which uh, in the, the studies that I've referenced, they talked about um, once the once the initiative uh, gets to a certain level of knowing, then they can don the female wig, which is the the longer, uh, you know, uh, hair style, whereas the other ones have like the shorter hair in the rows, if you ever look at the hieroglyphs. So that to me says that it's a male figure with, like you were just talking about, a deeper understanding of the mind, that therefore he can wear the female wig. So right in the middle there that figure is showing a balanced um thoughtful male figure right yeah and this is um i guess you know further along in the mind archetypes so this is after experience and after the significator after there's there's an understanding of the significance of this aspect of mind or at least some some grasping of the of the of the purpose then the transformation occurs um, so that, that makes sense that that would be him taking on the feminine aspect as well as the masculine aspect. And of, of course, this is, this, this card represents all of us, that there's the feminine and the, the masculine and, and everyone. And that's kind of what all the cards are saying. All the archetypes are embodied. Everyone is embodying all the archetypes. I think it's just different amounts of the, the archetypes. Um, so that would lead me into the other discussions about um, where they specifically went into the relationship between um, the male and female with the archetypes. But this is, I'll finish reading this quote here. Um, so the, the polarization increased many fold if the mating were not indiscriminate in these, in these initial experiments. Uh, consequent logoi thusly preserved a bias towards the mated relationship, which is most characteristic of more disciplined personalities and of what you may call higher densities. The free will of each entity, however, was paramount and a bias only could be offered. So this was just relating to the, the, the plan of the, the galaxies for sexual activity. Um, Importantly, um, just to um, clarify um, in the answer here, when Ra says that the harvest from the previous creation yielded the male and female mind, body, spirit, you take that to mean full third density mind body spirit complex like a kind of a parallel or analog to what we understand it to be in this creation as opposed well, to a, a complex that may or may not exist in full third density for example i think that if it wasn't a harvest of the previous universe that there were the um the complex significators then there was no complex mind, body, spirit. Ah, uh, because the veil wasn't had yeah. on. I understand. So yeah. it's it's 
I'm, I'm thinking of it as like if the logo is cre- creating the universe and they're grabbing the lessons and things, you know, they're they're putting together the universe that they're going to put forth and then the complex is put on. So the complex isn't mentioned here because they're talking about, you know, when the, the logo was grabbing the the makeup, the things that make up the universe the, and then the put it all together and yeah. then forget it all. <laughs> yeah, which was prior to the creation of the complex, I suppose. Yeah. And I think we'll cover this again in one of these quotes, what they said. Um, so that yeah, the harvest of the previous creation was both male, female, and the uh, mind, body, spirit, and the matrix potentiator and significator of mind, body, spirit. So that's one of the upcoming quotes we can discuss too. But first, I want to dive into 87.28, um, where <laughs> Don asked, why is the male and female nature different? <laughs> and Ross said, when the veiling process was accomplished. And so so this is talking about the complex now. So I think that um, this must be implicit in Don's question that he's talking about what we know of as male and female. What are these complex differences that we know of? Um, when the veiling process was accomplished, to the male polarity was attracted the matrix of the mind, and to the female, the potentiator of the mind, to the male, the potentiator of the body, to the female, the matrix of the body. And within this statement here is, this is very simple, but this is, you know, the each of the archetypes that they're talking yeah. about here have a, have a lot of rich meaning to them. Yeah. Um, so I should probably pull up the chart. If you, uh, well, if you go to love1.info and then you go to the Tarot images, uh, which is a link down below, it'll say the course of the curriculum. Click that link and then you see them all side by side here. So to the male was attracted the matrix of the mind, which is consciousness. And to the female was attracted the potentiator of the mind, which is the unconscious, the high priestess. And to the, the female was attracted the matrix of the body, which is um, balanced working or even functioning, or sometimes called justice. But the, the name, the explanation of this that was most simple that Ra gave was balanced working or even functioning. So that's why you have the, the, the scale that is so often associated with justice or liberty. Um, I guess this is. Is this intended to represent Lady Liberty? She's she's blindfolded. That's kind of interesting to think that we have a giant um, matrix of the body archetype in New York. I hadn't thought of it that until just now. <laughs> well, is she is she blindfolded in this though? Because I well, know in the justice system it's blindfolded. Um, I'll pull up the the, the CC Zane imagery. She seems to be. So let me pull up that um, one more here. Okay, so she definitely is blindfolded. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes sense in the sense that this is corresponding to the ma- the matrix of the body here is corresponding also to the matrix of, of the mind, or at least there's there's a connection here. This is the the framework of the illusion. And the 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 matrix of the mind represents an empty consciousness. The consciousness has not been filled with anything yet. And you could say yeah. the very principle of balance working has not yet been filled with a kind of working. Um, yeah. 
it's an even functioning without a particular kind of functioning. It's just the principle of the evenness of the functioning is yeah. blind and it's holding the scales. And in the right hand uh, path, there's, there's a sword uh, and there's a flying turtle. <laughs> I don't know what the turtle means yet. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Flying turtle. I've never, I got to look into that now. Because there's so many ancient teachings of like the world is carried on the back of a turtle and there's so much with with winged creatures. Flying turtle. <laughs> but this, this, I mean, ultimately, Ra is hinting that what's on this card represents balanced working and even functioning. So if the tortoise could be seen as a, a steady and slow symbol we we have that in our culture you know the steady yeah. slow wins the race mm -hmm. that's the steady the steady is what is, is what's winning the race with wings in this in this case i guess yeah i was gonna say it's a very highly functional tortoise and yeah <laughs> one of the other things that got me when i was reading this uh 87 28 was um just for the the numerology buffs out there the magician is one the male matrix of the mind the male potentiator of the body wisdom of the sage is nine making ten and then the female potentiator the high priestess is two uh a potentiator of the mind and the matrix of the body justice uh balance is eight so also making ten so it's it seems like the two together in both the male and the female instance create 10 which kind of represents a whole in a lot of different uh numerology um systems right and was it was it justice that was one that was the squished out in the wider writer weight deck don't know maybe i should just figure that out for people really quick yeah weight switched justice and strength um so but i guess we don't have to go into that but yeah, just so people know, if they're going from a traditional tarot deck, they, there might be some reversal of where justice is in the in the deck. Um, so we're talking about justice as being number eight, and then the sage wisdom is number nine, um, which I think might have been strength in the rider weight. Um, I thought it was eight and um, fourteen or eight and thirteen that were switched. If you're right here, might be thinking about, oh yeah, strength was the experience of the body, right? Yeah, so that would be uh, 16, or no, 11. Yeah, 11. So we've got, here's the major arcana. Um, yeah, justice is considered eight, strength is considered 11, uh, 11. and then, I don't know. How do you even spell that? But I guess this is just what's what's generally expect respected the most is the correct order of the cards. So we don't have to talk about any different ordering. Um, but uh, going back into it, so so number nine is the male archetype. The the potentiator of the body is is the it's the you could say it's the mirror image uh, of the potentiator of the mind, which is the unconscious. So there's like a bringing forth into potential of the use of the body that the male body has more in in its experience than the female body and 
I mean, that maybe that's why I got it confused with strength because I feel like there's there's an inherent uh, awareness that the male form has more more strength, but here it's it's referred to as as wisdom as as the as the potential for for bringing forth the the delegated the 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 regulated use of the body is is associated with the male archetype um and i guess i could we could touch on each of these briefly too um with what ross says um yeah this one won't take long to pull them up if you go into law1.info and then click on the tro category um and you go to potentiator of the body um we can see the um Yeah, there's there's just three references here. The matrix of the body may be seen to be a reflection and opposites of the mind, that is unrestricted motion. The potentiator of the body then is that which, being informed, regulates activity. So that's what we're talking about with wisdom: is the regulation of activity, being informed. And it's crazy when you start looking at the the key words. Um, with the matrix of the mind, the potentiator of the mind, the matrix of the body and the potentiator of the body and how they, uh, I guess, distribute might be the, the word, how they're distributed amongst the male and the female, how one is a complete balance set and the other is a complete balance set. But when you bring the two together, they really ignite this um, this this ability to create is what it's if you read all this stuff there it's all talking about consciousness uh unmoved and then for the female in the mind it is the unconscious and and it's the uh what does he say the vast potential the vast sea of potential from which consciousness dips into so it's like intelligent energy and intelligent infinity so intelligent infinity would be the consciousness and then intelligent energy would be um uh the um the female's potentiator of the mind, which is that right. best realm of potential that gets dipped into. I mean, it's just it, these couple of passages that you put together here really, to me, talk about uh, how each person, if they're balanced, realizes that they create the universe around them and then can do so in a, in a balanced, functional way. Right. Maybe These do happen fundamentally too, by the way, obviously, um, at the top of the tree of life in the supernal triad with Hokeman and Bina. These are the sort of fundamental blueprint representations of the divine masculine and feminine and um, play out in what the Kabbalists describe as those four phases of direct light that I think we probably talked about before. But it's interesting to um, see a progression of consciousness in a little bit more of an abstract way. I, in fact, these are also helpful because we have all these images to try to apply um, these things to. And yet I find this somehow almost a little bit easier because it's so far out of context that we can start to try to understand maybe more the pure energetic uh, of what's going on here. But yeah, so there, there you have the supernal triad yeah so so it's the wisdom is on the the male side yeah that's right and and i recently was kind of diving into that a little bit the the difference between wisdom and understanding in this uh, context and from a kabbalistic standpoint wisdom 
is seen as more of a pregenerative or progenerative or uh, precursive or you know it's it's uh, something that precipitates uh, something else because it has this uh, divinely inspired intuition that this is this next thing that's needed or this inspired thought and so um, hokma and as this um, sort of translates to the four worlds as well at least initially when they first fractalized um, this is where your your inspiration and ideas come from and then bina and understanding is really where they take shape so that inspired initial you know the idea of an idea comes from Hokma and then in Bina is where it goes into the womb and takes shape in, you know, out of this infancy of potentiality, but it's where we start to apply some of our practical knowledge to know, you know, how should this thing really come out and um, be made manifest. Mm I guess that would be good to dig into at some point more in detail in this archetypal discussion. When we get more into the other archetypes too, we can go over more of the details of those. And it's just looking at this image is still overwhelming to me because there's so much with astrology even referenced in here. And it's like, that's a study in itself, the relationship between astrological, uh, archetypes then to to overlay that on top of the sephiroth and then on top of the major yeah. arcana and you have the tarot on here too and i mean it's interesting even to look at the path between keter and bina you have the magician and you know that in and of itself probably worth some reflection giving given that the magician really represents the energy of hokma in the divine masculine and yet the archetype that's or the arcana that's represented there is more the fool which to me is sort of either the the kicking off point of the fool's journey as you see going from one to two or the last leg uh, on the way back so there's um, a lot of interplay on the on the tree between you know these various archetypes yeah yeah that makes sense all right, so the next one I wanted to look at is, I think this is a kind of, a, this was the earlier session where the relationship between male and female was first discussed with relation to archetypes, which was, um, could you elaborate please on the nature and quality of the matrix and the potentiator? And Ross said, in the mind complex, the matrix may be described as consciousness. It has been called the magician. It is to be noted that of itself, consciousness is unmoved. It's it's empty. That's why they, they, they also said, I think we talked about this in the previous uh, discussion, that to clothe yourself in the archetype of the matrix of the mind is to return to the new mind, to the mind which is without bias, without polarity, completely um, full of the magic of the logos, but completely empty of any specific movement or bias um so consciousness is unmoved but the potentiator of the consciousness is the unconscious and this encompasses a vast realm of potential in the mind in the body the matrix may be seen as balanced working or even functioning 
Note that here, the matrix is always active with no means of being inactive. And maybe that's why the turtle is already flying. <laughs> <laughs> the, the potentiator of the body complex then may be called wisdom, for it is only through judgment that the unceasing activities and proclivities of the body complex may be experienced in useful modes. The that speaks of... back to me where they when they talked about how um, to have the um, monogamous relationships is the act uh, as a characteristic of more disciplined personalities, higher densities. Um, and it just seems to be like uh, mindfulness. You know, you're you're not just going through life just um, to put it crudely banging into other people. You're looking at how your actions you know, whether sexual or not, impact that person. And it's just a more mindful person. It's someone that recognizes that everybody is another portion of yourself. So why would you go around just indiscriminately messing with people's lives? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, that's where the wisdom comes in. Right. Yeah. And, and definitely learning lessons together, yeah. it becomes more useful the more you learn how to do that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's like having an extension of yourself that is, you know, closer to you and, and mind and body. Yeah, and through judgment, uh, the unceasing activity, uh, you, you can experience it more useful, like, you know, through judgment and not, not, in a, uh, it's got such a negative connotation these days where it's just like judgment is you're being judged, you're being looked at, but judgment is just, you know, mindfulness, just looking at what you're doing, looking at what's going on. And if, if this thing is just going by at a million miles an hour, it's unceasing activities, then you have to put a little judgment to it so that you can, like it says, uh, have an experience that is useful. You know, I think I've finally drawn one parallel here that's helped me understand the matrix and potentiator slightly better here, at least in that the potentiator seems to represent a differential in both cases because in the matrix of the mind, like it says, it's unmoved. And then of course, in potentiation, we have everything that can come from that. And then in the matrix of the body, it's always moving. And yet given that it is always moving, then in potentiation, we then have judgment to be applied to, um, to then decide what is different between one experience and another or choosing between one experience and another so again we're going from a baseline of the body's always doing something to now choosing what it is that it's going to be doing yeah yeah, yeah I, I took this as like uh the if if you know if consciousness was there and then consciousness had this great uh awakening where it talks about uh something like the potentiator to potentiator of the spirit most sudden awakening or an illuminating you know th this sounds to me like a mental universe so consciousness comes from a place of pure uh limitless mind so in order to have this finite experience why wouldn't consciousness in a state of pure unrestricted mind have a, a, an experiment of pure unrestricted physicality of you know of the body the body is never ceasing whereas when we meditate and we can quiet our mind you know that's said to be a place of nirvana because now we're experiencing the 
never ending motion of the body with the stillness of the mind. Whereas at the beginning, consciousness had never ending motion of the mind, but had no body. So it had stillness of body. So it's almost like two, you know, again, the, the polarity, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. You know, with body also representing the substantial portion of the illusion, I like the fact that it is always in a state of transience as well. Because if if the matrix of the body itself had any sort of static nature, that would almost anchor um, third density physical reality. And that's not really plausible. Right. I, I, I Maybe it's time to bring up also, I really liked the quote in um, 81, session 81, when they were talking about the great way of the body, um, which... The, you know the great way archetypes are kind of a, a summary of the, the the overall picture of mind body and spirit and when they were describing the great way of the body they said the great way of the body must be seen as are all the archetypes of the body to be a mirror image of the thrust of the activity of the mind the body is the creature of the mind and is an instrument of manifestation for the fruits of mind and spirit therefore you may see the body is providing the athenor through which the alchemist manifests gold and the athenor is a furnace that feeds itself so as to maintain a uniform temperature used by alchemists uh, so that uniform temperature uh, of the of the athenor might be also the same thing as the the balanced working or even functioning yeah yeah it's i think the one blinding what you say the laboratory yeah yeah, yeah. great the great experiment I think that the 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 body is the creature of the mind. Is is uh, it's a, it's a real powerful line that you could just read right past and kind of file it away real quick. But you know, this this is all it's all being proven in in quantum physics. You know, uh, the leading edge of quantum physics now. How the mind it, it is the great creator. You know, it, you know, everything from the double slit experiment to, you know, something as simple as the secret where they talk about you, you put it into your mind space and it and it makes its way into the world. And that right there, they're saying it flat out. The body is the creature of the mind. The mind made the body. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, the, the mirror image of the thrust of the activity of the mind would suggest that even as the 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 high priestess is the feminine um dipping into the the unconscious or mind for deeper understanding of mind that deeper understanding of mind then is mirrored immediately into the male usage of the body so it's like the mind is looking for some way to have a experiment for exploration of this in increased enhanced connection to god or connection to source through through the expressions of of the body so that's 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 seen as this wisdom this judgment that the unceasing activities and proclivities of the body may be experienced in useful modes so let's see what else we wanted to talk about here um, and that 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 judgment uh that line you have highlighted there that when I was reading through it, I kept getting this image of like um, 
the conscious mind and the unconscious mind and how uh, the things that you do repetitively get printed into your unconscious and that becomes what you are. You know, if you're if you're constantly a positive person, then you will, you know, without thinking about it, be uh, optimistic about things. And that would be like you're you consciously were that way until it became unconscious. And then uh, it became what you were. And then I started having thoughts of like even down to food selections. You know, if you're eating crap food, you're going to wind up with a with a crap body that fails you whenever you need it. You know, that that kind of stuff like it, it's it's it, it could almost become paralyzing if you thought about it too much. How every single decision echoes into eternity. Right. Yeah. And, and it's really it's it's like the it's the seed thoughts. It's the thoughts that led yeah. to every other thought were the yeah. thoughts of the archetypal nature in these ways. Yeah. And, and like so many of those seed thoughts can be printed into your unconsciousness before you even get a grasp on what life is, you know, like at such a young age. Yeah. So I think that th th this also references the matrix of the spirit. Um, I guess I could read this, but I think that this is, this is so much to dig into the, the, the nature of the matrix of the spirit's potential of the spirit and the in influence of the spirit on our experience is something we could talk about completely in a separate um, session. We can just focus on spirit archetypes. I think it'd be good. I'd be um, interested in that. Yeah. Um, so but I'll just read this for people who want to get a sense of the matrix and potentiator a little bit more. Uh, they said the matrix of the spirit is that which you may call the night of the soul or primeval darkness. Again, we have that which is not capable of movement or work. The potential power of this extremely receptive matrix is such that the potentiator may be seen as lightning. In your archetypical system called the Tarot, this has been re refined into the concept complex of the lightning struck tower. However, the original potentiator was light and its sudden and fiery form that is the lightning itself. So, so we're talking about, um, and also since they, since they imply a study of the matrix in in one row is a worthy study. The, the potentiator is a study in one row is a worthy study. That understanding that the this process of the emptied mind, um, but full of pure magic and the balanced working, is also related to um, an appreciation of darkness and its totally dark state before there has been light brought into it, and then the bringing of light into the situation is like the sudden illumination, the lightning bolt that represents also, or, or is connected to the, the, the feminine high priestess uh, mind, the, the wisdom, the, the balanced use of the body, um, the informed use of the body is related to the, to the lightning too. So, so it's interesting that, that in, in these archetypes, you could see lightning also um, represented. I think that's that's part of what they're hinting at. And the lightning, don't they refer to it as um, uh, which one was it? The 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 great um, in seventy nine twenty, where I was saying earlier, uh, most sudden awakening, illuminating, the generating uh, influx. Yes, that's where I wanted to go next, actually, because that's 
you know, that that seems to me like they're speaking about um, the point when the universe became aware, you know, when when consciousness became aware. And then, you know, this whole journey started going down the line. So you get to the point where we're at now, where these these complex um, and complex in the sense of like uh, complicated, not necessarily veiled, but the, the complex entities that we are moving through this this universe you know in in an either guided or unguided way just so that the universe can get a grasp of itself or that consciousness can get a grasp of itself yeah yeah so i think um i don't know if we started reading this already this was uh 7920 was the question of prior to the veil prior to the extension of the first distortion the, the question is um could you expand more upon the matrix of the mind, the potentiator, significator, how they differ and what their relationships are? Um, and this was before the veil, before there was a division between conscious and unconscious. And so this is essentially like maybe even a simplified version of these, these images, um, eight, nine, and then one and two. Um, but they said, the matrix of the mind is that from which all comes. It is unmoving, yet is the activator and potentiation of all mind activity. The potentiator of my of the mind is that great resource which may be seen as the sea, and to which consciousness dips ever deeper and more thoroughly in order to create, ideate, and become more self-conscious. So this is already the, the male and female represented here, um, with the male uh dipping into the great resource, which is the divine feminine, in order to create, ideate, and become more self-conscious. And those three together, you know, that just that's exactly what I was talking about. To, to create is to think of, ideate, and to become more self-conscious is what the whole this whole game is about, is for consciousness to become more aware of itself. And to, to have those three lined up right next to each other, I think is is Pretty poetic. Yeah. Um, and then the significator of each mind, body, and spirit uh, before the veil was seen as a simple and unified concept. Um, and that's worthy of another discussion another time, I think. Um, and the matrix of the body may be seen to be a reflection in opposites of the mind that is unrestricted motion, um, constant motion. Uh, the potentiator of the body then is that which having been informed regulates activity. And then the matrix of the spirit is difficult to characterize since the nature of spirit is less motile, which means capable of movement. Um, the, so th that in and of itself is, is interesting because they're saying it's hard to, hard to put words on, hard to put comprehension on the nature of the spirit even. Um, but the energies and movements of the spirit are by far the most profound, yet having more close association with time space, the inner planes, the inner dimensions, they do not have the characteristics of dynamic motion. Thusly, one may see the matrix as the deepest darkness and the potentiator of spirit as the most sudden awakening, illuminating, and generative influence. So the fact that the 
the, the movements of the spirit are happening in, in the unseen dimensions um, is, is, is also a very fascinating study that we can get into. But I think it, it also is, is implying here that there's a lot more power for us to reshape our reality when we can realize that there is a kind of lightning um, that is the sudden awakening, illuminating, and generative influence, which which corresponds to the potentiator archetypes, and and so I think that's the same connection there with the um, you know the the ability to dip more thoroughly into create, ideate, and become more self conscious, and then to be informed and regulate activity is is connected to that that potential of the lightning to strike in those in the areas of mind and body it's the the um you know the the playground and the action you know like the sandbox would be the matrix and you could take that sandbox and you could build castles or draw two-dimensionally on the sand you know but that is that is the median in which you have to work and then the potentiator would be the work which you do within that medium. Right. All right. So I wanted to look at the, the next follow-ups here. Um, so uh, then Don asked after, after that one, he asked the first change made then for this extension of free will, the veiling was to make the information or make the communication between the matrix and the potentiator of the mind relatively unavailable one to the other during the incarnation. Is this correct? And then Ross said, we would perhaps rather term the condition as relatively more mystery-filled than relatively unavailable. So the information between conscious and unconscious mind was not unavailable. It was just mystery-filled, yeah. which <laughs> is certainly it's something that we can appreciate when we, you know, we, we are thinking about having a feeling, having an intuitive feeling about something. It's not that the intuition wasn't there about what the truth is about a situation. You know, you can have a gut a gut reaction and then completely forget that you had that reaction um, because you had a, a desire which overrode that intuitive, mysterious intuitive feeling that you had. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The, the, That's a different I, 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 distinction. What do you say, Andrew? So it's a difference with a distinction. Sometimes we say there's a difference without a distinction, but in this case, Ra, I think, is articulating the path. You know, if it was unavailable, then there would be no uh, movement. There'd be no... Uh, there'd be no point. Yeah, there'd be no point. This the, the mystery, solving the mystery, is obviously what allows for progression. And then the whole, the whole uh, like, underlying current of a lot of this and a lot of other teachings is that you have to seek, you know, it's not just going to come to you. You have to, uh, you know, even if you're meditating and it comes to you, you decided to meditate and decided to seek through meditation. You know, it's again, the difference between the matrix and the potentiator, you have to have both. You have to have the field in which to do the action. And then you have to have the action because if you don't have the action, then essentially it is unavailable to you because you're not you're not seeking it. Yeah. And this is also a funny time to bring up the nature of male and female relationships. <laughs> this is almost like a, a meme in our in our society that, you know, w women are a total mystery to men and it's always going to be that way. 
as <laughs> literally in the archetypal pattern that there will be mystery trying to understand the opposite gender. Yeah. Yeah, which why when you asked that or you went to that passage earlier where Don just says, you know, I could imagine that being the very first question of the day saying, um, why are the difference, uh, why are the natures of men and women different? And I could see Ross saying, this will be the last query of the day. <laughs> yeah. And going on to talk for, you know, two and a half hours and saying, I recommend you follow up again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically I, saying, think about it some more on your own and then come back to us with uh, a little bit more structured question. Well, yeah, I just mean that that answer, there's a lot, there's a lot of ways to answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very, that's a very complex answer. Yeah. And, and then in the example that you gave, if he talked about it for two hours and then said, come back and ask you again tomorrow, he'd basically be saying like, just take what I gave to you, think about it, go seek, and then come back and, and refine your question. Cause yeah. that's a pretty broad topic, buddy. Yeah. Actually, that's what Ross says is um, there's, there's inner intervening or intermediary material or something like that. Like there's, there's a lot to cover here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the, the very next follow-up question Don, uh, Don asked was, so the idea then, you know, relating to the veiling, the extension of free will, the idea was to create some type of veil between matrix and potentiators. Is this correct? And Ross says this is correct. This veil then occurs between what we now call the conscious and the unconscious mind. Is this correct? This is correct. So I just wanted to cover that to make it clear that this, this is what we're talking about with the differences between the, the, the male and female, the matrix and potentiator is this veiling between the conscious and the unconscious mind, which is a mysterious thing. I think that the, uh, for me, it, it, with my background and the things that I've looked into, uh, the first thing that came to mind when I read that was this veil that occurs between the conscious and the unconscious. And immediately my mind, I wrote it in my book, it came to my mind when I reread it again today, breathing, breath. Breath is the bridge between conscious and unconscious, because when you're not thinking about it, it's completely unconscious and you're constantly doing it. But when you bring awareness to it, it's almost like you're bridging that gap from the conscious to the unconscious. And it, it makes, for me anyway, uh, um, meditation and so many things become more easily available when you, you know what I mean? Like if you want to cross the river, you have to go to the bridge unless otherwise you're going to get wet, you know? And that that breathing breath work can be a huge uh, tool for you to get from the conscious to the unconscious mind. Yeah. And it's also interesting that we talked in the last uh, a week ago on the private discussion, we talked about how Ra essentially defines the moment of birth when the, the astrological alignments mean the most is the drawing of the first breath. So it's like the drawing of the first breath is the act of coming into this incarnation, coming into this world. I, and I remember my my son, who had to be taken out with the C-section, was was asleep. And they actually, that was the first thing the doctors were saying, wake up, wake up. <laughs> he had to be he had to be gently awoken uh, so that they could well, see, he see that he was breathing. He wasn't yeah, breathing, he breathing until... Why did they have to wake him up? Let the dude nap. <laughs> well, I think it, it, they wanted him to uh, wake, wake up in order to breathe. He wasn't breathing yet. I think Oh, he wasn't was. breathing. Okay. They wanted to see him breathing to yeah, say yeah. that he's good. And okay. uh, so, but, but I mean, this is just me kind of explaining that I hadn't made the connection until just now that the, the, the breath really is the, the first act of coming out of this 
non-incarnate state into the incarnated state is essentially tied with this this awareness of of breath and the need for it so it makes sense that the unconscious mind is on the deepest level tied to breath and if you think of uh like a water birth like a a true water birth the the you know the baby is born into essentially a, a giant pool and is still receiving oxygen through the umbilical cord and then the baby decides when to take its first breath i think that there's hmm. something there too yeah So, There's got to be something with the lungs that, that that's that's right there. It's like on the tip of our tongues or right at the edge of our mind or something. But there's got to be something with the lungs if they, you know, the heart's huge and the mind is huge and all that. But for for the lung to have such emphasis on when you go from incarnate to carnate, there's something there. Yeah. We'll have to smoke something to to understand that better. <laughs> yeah, and and just that right there, like the ability for your lungs to synthesize to process these these chemicals that can uh alter your whole life just you know with with you know a couple puffs or, or you know whatever whatever you're whatever you're doing but for for your body to be able to imbibe those chemicals through the lung through the pulmonary system is pretty symbolic I think too it seems like a bridge and i can see kind of a connection there given that the lungs are surrounding the heart my guess is that it's driven off the same chakra and the heart chakra is a bridge between the upper and lower chakras and the breathing is a bridge between the unconscious and the conscious and to your point the very first thing that we're aware of and both have control over and can also trust is happening whether we think about it or not when i was doing rebirthing uh a couple times i would you do the rebirthing you do it laying down you could do it any way but traditionally it's done laying down. And a couple times I would do the lay down, do the breath work. And then when I would sit up, I, my whole spine would just like just spontaneously align. And I always thought of how your lungs would, would essentially as these two bags pumping next to your spinal column. You know, if, if you had little misalignments or subluxations that, that the lungs pumping next to it in a symmetrical way could push your spine into alignment. I mean, there's a there's a lot uh, to be said for the just the physiology of it all, not even to bring in the spirituality of it or the metaphysical side of it. Right. Yeah, I might as well read this quote I was originally referencing. This was from 88. Um, they were referring to um, Tarot as a method of divination, but then um, they're talking about the archetypes of astrology and they said, as each entity enters the, the planetary energy web, each entity experiences two major planetary influxes, that of the conception, which has to do with the physical yellow ray manifestation of the incarnation, and that of the moment you call birth, when the breath is first drawn into the body complex of chemical yellow ray. So that's that's the moment when the imprinting of the stars and the the, the planets is is what has the, the the effect on the personality. So if the first one has to do with the physical yellow ray manifestation of the incarnation, then what does the second one have to do with? Well, maybe it's more of the complex uh, of, of the yellow ray. Um, but this is a, a mysterious thing to me still too, the relationship between 
the astrological patterns of the moment of conception and the moment of of uh, <laughs> birth. And I have not yet asked my parents when they had sex. I have not yet gone that deep. <laughs> I think it kind of makes sense, though, if you think about it. So maybe conception, given that it's the it's happening during this third density activity of the parents, that's sort of the genetic uh, predisposition phase and going to dictate more or less what your yellow ray uh incarnation looks like and then when you draw your first breath is when you've got the rest of the planetary influences which are probably going to drive a lot more of your higher states of consciousness i'm guessing that's certainly what we assume with our astrology readings is that it's pretty much all about the moment of of birth yeah so this makes sense it's just saying conception is more going to drive what your physical manifestation is going to look like although that's kind of interesting because it can't only be genetic obviously because you know the date wouldn't matter as much as obviously the people um inputting do but um apparently there is still some influence there so that's kind of interesting yeah and they call it a major planetary influence too yeah i always thought of it as like uh if, if, if we're, we all have free will therefore we're in this universe and we're playing around with free will and all this and that and then when two people come together and they uh, have a baby, they make a third, then the uh, moment of conception is the first three energy centers, chakras, whatever you want to call them. The first three, uh, red, orange, and yellow, make up the physicality of the person as they are being physically uh, you know, brought into this world. When the, when the sperm and the egg meet and mitosis begins and you know, one becomes two, becomes four, becomes eight. You know, this is a very physical process. So that would be your first major planetary influx was when these two beings with complete autonomy and freedom of choice decide through all of the different things that happened in their lives to come together, that's when the physical entity, the baby is started. That always, I always thought of it as like, if you wanted to give a, a place in physical space and i know it's well beyond that but if you wanted to say like everything comes from the center of the universe and then makes its way to where you know we are now on an outer spiral of the milky way you started the process of that baby being born at this major planetary alignment and then everything keeps moving and as it's moving you still have that umbilical cord from the, the beginning of the process back to the center of the, the universe and then when you're born that second major planetary alignment happens where the umbilical cord is cut and then your your like freedom your your decisions start to go from then on if that makes sense it made sense in my mind <laughs> <laughs> well it's the first time you start to function as an autonomous being in third density so exactly exactly and that's yeah. when you really start to build on top of the physicality of yourself the uh metaphysical properties of yourself and the, and that which makes you 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 know your personality and all these things yeah and that would be i i would say that all of the lower chakras are physical things and 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 uh worries of physical things and things like that and then all of the upper chakras and all the upper energy centers have that more metaphysical side to them so the moment you're born you know, the physicality is there. Now it's up to you to make the decisions to grow yourself both physically and, you know, spiritually. Yeah. Hence why we have a, a whole 
mind body spirit complex when we're born so that you know we've got this whole energetic body that's actually driving our experience um period really it's all mental so we could uh, we could go back now to uh 92.20 which was a, kind of a recap of some, something that don had asked and we, we just talked about but they expanded on a little bit more here um they the question the matrix of the mind is depicted seemingly as male on the card and the potentiator is female can raw state why this is and how this affects these two archetypes and this was session 92 so this was after the other one so they um it's clearly a, a restating they said Firstly, as we have said, the matrix of the mind is attracted to the biological male and the potentiator of the mind to the biological female. Thusly, in energy transfer, the female is able to potentiate that which may be within the conscious mind of the male so that it may feel inspirited. So here we're talking about sexual energy exchange, and we'll talk about this a bit more with our disclaimers in place. <laughs> um, um so so this is using the word potentiate in a slightly different way in in energy in an energy transfer the female is able to potentiate that which may be within the conscious mind of the male so that it may feel inspirited yeah i'd like to yeah i'd look forward to diving into that some more go on yeah i'll finish reading this then yeah in, in a more general sense that which reaches may be seen as a male principle that which awaits the reaching may be seen as a female principle. The richness of the male and female system of polarity is interesting, and we would not comment further, but suggest consideration by the student. <clears throat> yeah. So there's a lot to consider here. And and this is the most simple definition of male and female that they, they gave in the material, I think. That which reaches is the male principle. That which awaits the reaching is the female principle. How do you um, envision the phrase above that in exemplification? So what's an example of something that would be within the conscious mind of a male that would be potentiated? And, and what does that mean? If it's already within the conscious mind of the male, is what it? Was, what was the really list of things? It was to create, to ideate. What was the third thing? <laughs> but creativity is the simplest one that I can say. You know, if I have sex, I will go to the piano and I will I will start jamming something on a level I don't normally feel that comes that naturally. And it's and and it, it, but but I think this is you know not just in, in, intuitive, but but there's a but there is an in, in, inspiration that's a spiritual energy that seems to be present it's very hard to put words on it but it, but um I, but i know that it 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 allows what is dormant in in the mind that's sitting there that hasn't been given the nudge from the spirit the inspiriting process still still can unfold to a greater degree when the when the feminine um energy is 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 provided right so that's the part i'm wanting to um i want to get kind of granular on let's say the piece of music that you write after a sexual encounter is a new a net new piece of music <clears throat> is uh, you know my my general understanding would be that the music had to have come from the unconscious or the pool of of potential um 
as I read this, you know, kind of verbatim, um, that the female potentiates that, meaning this music, which may be within the conscious mind of the male. Well, the conscious mind might have a... Um, it might, the, the conscious becomes filled. Maybe, the conscious maybe. mind starts out empty, but it becomes filled. So the conscious mind initially, as the, as the, as the empty matrix, has nothing filling it up. And once it's, once it's potentiated, that's when the conscious mind now is containing a record of something in addition to the emptiness. It's containing the create the creation. So would it be, could we say that within your conscious mind was the desire to create music and, and that was uh, potentiated or, or that your entire unconscious mind rests within your conscious mind and it was something within your unconscious that was potentiated and allowed right. to become active. Right. I think the desire doesn't come about without the potentiation in some form, but I think that all, all men have the potential of the intuitive mind still. It's just, you know, and the desire for desire, which is, we all, and we also have bodies, you know, which are supposedly um, operating based on the matrix of the body, which is the the principle of the balance working and even functioning. So there's there's already an engine for um, creation in in the body itself that we are incarnated as. Um, so, but but the the process of make having a desire to pull something forth, I think, is always the the potentiation, the the potential is is being brought forth. Okay, and so there was okay. another. Could, um, let me I, let me say this, and you tell me if it if it's uh, if it sounds correct. It, so if in this analogy of you playing the piano and the music coming forth from it, if we dropped you and uh, I'll say your loved one, I don't know if she wants to be mentioned by name necessarily. <laughs> so uh, if we dropped you and her completely out of the picture and said that the matrix was the piano. And the end goal was the music that the potentiator or the female aspect in this would be the inspiration of arranging the keys in a certain way to make the music. So the piano's there, but without the potentiation, it's just a piano. And then when you add the correct order or the inspiration of the keys in a certain order, then you get the music. That that may work. Yeah. I mean, a part of me is thinking about the first density consciousness of the piano and what is the piano actually experiencing, which I've thought about before, too. Oh, uh, you're, you're going too deep for this analogy. Right? <laughs> We're trying to get the, the root of this one question. <laughs> yeah, but so, so, but basically, I'm just like trying to take male and female, but actually taking a male and a female person body out of it and coming up with these more abstract ideas of just a piano and the music that could be made from the piano but without the correct ordering of the notes and keys there, the, the piano, it, you know, with, without thinking of its first density consciousness, is just a lump of wood and ivory and, and strings and things like that. You know, uh, you need the spark, the inspirited spark to organize it in a way that makes the beauty that can come from it. That is yeah. sort of, they do combine for uh, creation. And if we're looking at the output of this, um, being the thing that's sort of being inspirited, then that does kind of make sense here. What they're 
energetically talking about is that you have positive and negative come together and that the initial sort of divinely inspired idea is what will become inspirited once it is conjoined with the understanding that comes from Bina and the divine feminine that can take that inspiration and create something practical out of it. And the, the paragraph below it is, uh, it's powerful in the way it's written too. In a more general sense, that which reaches may be considered the male and that which awaits reaching to be seen as the female. And then they go on to say, uh, the richness of the male and female system polarity is interesting. Would not come or further suggest consideration by the student. Consideration being the reaching, you know, like we're going to give you so much, but then you have to reach in order to receive, you know, it's again, a play on this male, female, that we're not just going to give it all to you. You know, in that, that analogy that they said about the poker, if you knew everybody's hand, you wouldn't be playing the game. You know, you have to have the veiling so that you don't know everybody's hand. You have to have the reaching so that you can get some of the receiving. But we're not just going to let you reach a little. We're not going to let you reach 10% and give you 150% of, you know, all of the answers. So, again, it's that whole uh, seeking and receiving. You know, from a polarity standpoint, these energetically uh, are very extremely different. I mean, that's I don't mean to overstate the obvious, but with the the activating principle that's uninformed, though wise, meaning it is informed only energetically, perhaps by its will to um, express or to express in love or what have you. And the opposing energy is um, all but the complete opposite, which at least takes the the base essential um, energetic inspiration and then implies all of the the practical um, you know um, process that's needed of formation to actually take an inspired thought and deliver it down into manifestation. Um, so they really are not just functionally opposite, but um, from a um, kind of a flow. And that's what this really says here. One is um, sort of activating, um, which is interesting because the matrix of the mind is also unmoving, uh, though uh, there's, they're not calling the matrix here in this case, reaching. They're saying that's the male principle. Interesting. There's another one where they talked about this particular energy concept at session 26. Um, the positive or male polarity, as it is deemed in your illusion, finds in the sexual energy transfer an inspiration which satisfies and feeds the spirit portion of the body-mind-spirit complex, thus both being polarized and releasing the excess of that which each has in abundance by nature of intelligent energy, that is, negative intuitive and positive physical energies, as you may call them. Um, so, so the female draws the energy from the roots of the beingness um, of the male, thus being physically revitalized, and the male finds a spiritual revitalization. So this is also to be like an, an inward and an outward um, energy system um, coming from the parent, apparently outward to, to represent the physical and coming from the inward to represent the, the intuitive 
um, spiritual drive. Um, but I don't, know if, I don't know if I'm taking too much of a tangent now, but uh, no, I, I like I'm, that. I'm I was digesting it. Yeah, exactly. And I was thinking, if you flick back to it, um, the the quote that you just had up, Mike. Yep. What was that? Go. Yeah. So the the Wait, um. Let me pick the other one. There it is. It was right here. Yep. Yeah, that's the guy. So and and you know, if if everything in this universe, uh is a part of the universe and is a part of this great experiment to experience experiences. Uh, and, and he corrected him in saying that the, that the intuitive side is unavailable. He said, no, it's not unavailable. It's just, you know, kind of harder to get to. You gotta, you have to seek it more. So if, if you think about like society, especially the way it is now, where it seems like there's this oppressive force trying to hold everybody back, it, it is it, really a bad thing or is it a motivator you know if it's a motivator because if it's trying to lop off the the feminine the negative the intuitive side of life and try and make this positive physical reality all that there is and it's our job to look beyond that it's it's just an extreme catalyst for us it's it's not necessarily a bad thing unless you dwell on it and let it affect your life. Whereas if you realize that its purpose in life was to show you that there's more than just the physical world, that there is this other stuff in, in life that, that, especially since we have such a grasp on the physical world, that other stuff matters way more to us because we haven't discovered it. We haven't delved into that side of life. I think that, that everything from uh, language to uh, socioeconomical, all, all this shit is all there, all this stuff, my bad. It's, it's all there to try and drive people down this physical path, but it's driving you down the physical path in order for you to want to seek the other side of it. It's all just right, an let, extreme catalyst. Let, let's get back to um, what's here in this um, particular thing, because this is about the the transfer itself. And I don't know that I had picked this up as clearly the first couple times that I had read this um, or not, but I really like that. It says that both, both sides are getting what the other has in excess. And this is inherently telling us what we were talking about, at least on the body side a little bit earlier and that the, the male sort of inherently has the, the additional physical strength. Um, what we did not necessarily cover though we might, all agree that this also summarizes quite well is that the traditionally female uh, are just as much oriented toward the spirit. So it was kind of interesting. They broke down um, the matrix and potentiated the body earlier, but I wonder um, how that's represented um, in which archetypes in the spirit manifest um, in male and physical, but or male and female. But anyway, this is um, particularly interesting here um, because the two genders get different forms of energy based on what the other has in excess. And I think it has a lot to say when you look at ancient civilizations and they talk about golden ages and things like that, more often than not, it's a matriarchy led civilization that's in the golden era. You know, it's that it, it, when the negative, the intuitive, the female side of life is in balance with the 
positive and physical, then you have this golden era, this golden age. Yeah, and and the it really feels like the the spirit is a kind of um, culmination of, of of male and, and female together, and the expression of the of the spirit in male and female still has to be balanced through through the process of, of working together um, in in paired relationships. Um, but there there was one more. I, I might as well just throw this in here. One more place where this this kind of sexual energy exchange relationship was mentioned and that was session 87 and they said due to the polarity difference well i'll read this whole thing uh, due to the veiling process the energy transferred from male to female is different than that transferred from female to male from male to female is different from female to male due to the polarity difference of the mind body spirit complexes of male and female the male stores physical energy the female mental and mental emotional energy. So this doesn't just say spiritually here. Now we're saying mental energy too, uh, mental and mental emotional energy. When the third density sexual energy transfer is completed, the male will have offered the discharge of physical energy. The female is thereby refreshed, having far less physical vitality. At the same time, if you will use this term, the female discharges the efflux of its stored mental and mental emotional energy, thereby offering inspiration, healing, and blessing to the male, which by nature is less vital in this area. Well, there it is. So um, the, the idea, I should also clarify, when they use the term mental emotional in the law of one, they say that in one short statement. It's like a lot of times to distinguish between, between words and the channeling, there's, there's a pause between the words. And whenever they're saying mental, emotional, they're leaving no pause between mental and emotional. I know this because I, I listened to the whole thing um, on, on the audio from Carl Rucker channeling. So mental, emotional is why we have the slashes between mental and emotional to imply that th these are two ways of looking at what the mind is doing. So um, so I'm relatively convinced, I'm saying from reading the material, that when they're talking about emotional energy, they're talking about mental energy at the same time, too. They're just saying that these are two ways of looking at the same thing two halves of the same coin like teach learning and yeah space time and all that yeah um and it's just it may it might just be the difference between the left brain and the right brain too on, on some level that we're well it makes sense because our emotional um subsystem exists at the same level of consciousness as our normal intellect and cognition so it, it makes sense that they represent those together. Right. And the lightning, the lightning that would be the potentiator might have more connection with the unconscious mind, the potential, the potential of, of the mind to receive from the spiritual lightning might be why the, uh, the woman is sharing spiritual energy when she's sharing the mental emotional energy, because that's the, the potential is coming from spirit to mind to body in that sense. Mm. I think that this is another um, uh, another bridge area, like breathing is a bridge between the conscious and the unconscious. When you start talking about mental, emotional, uh, and they, they separated mental and mental, emotional. To me, mental, emotional really speaks to um, like the endocrine system. 
And there's a lot in the ancient um, Egyptian or, or Comitian, if you want to call them what they called themselves, uh, the ancient Comitian systems where they talk a lot about the endocrine system. And, you know, one that everybody can can probably associate with or, or um, think of everyone's experienced some kind of something that's given them an adrenal dump. And when you have that kind of adrenal dump, it's it's a it's a physical reaction to an emotional state that that is extremely powerful and uh i i really think that that mental emotional is is a is a gap and it is the endocrine system and if you look at society now like everyone's endocrine system is so screwed up it uh, a lot of it a lot of the the endocrine system is used primarily in the earlier stages of life and it start to like atrophy, like um, the thalamus. Um, I know that the that, that a lot of people have, uh, uh, or not thalamus, the thyroid. A lot of people have thyroid issues in society now, and it, you know that speaks to me of the lack of mental emotional um, health. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm trying to review what would be the proper direction to go in. And I, I I think that we in the last one we skipped over, we're skipping over a little bit when we we just focused on this area of this particular quote here, which went really a discussion of the chakras when we're talking about the the energy exchange that's the most useful energy exchange, which is the most healthy mind, body, spirit, healthy energy exchange is the one where they're talking about the the this had to be a footnote here, the fourth or the green. The green ray um, expression is the healthy sexual expression that is revitalizing both male and female. Um, and uh, so I think it's worth it to probably read the whole thing now and talk about the nature of sexual energy when it's used in other chakras. Uh, and we can, we can start digging in that direction if you guys are ready for that. Mm -hmm. um, so this question... Um, was started around this third paragraph here so this was from carla carla initiated this in session 26 and don started following up on it <laughs> in like session 70s and 80, the 80s <laughs> but uh but she's in 2026 she asked um you speak of various types of energy blockages and transfers positive and negative that may take place due to participation in our sexual reproductive complex of actions she she states, please explain these blockages and energy transfers with emphasis upon what an individual seeking to be in accordance with the law of one may positively do in this area. And is it possible for you to answer this question? And Ross said, it is pos partially possible given the background we have laid. So they've already talked about chakras a little bit by this point. This is properly a more advanced question. Due to the specificity of the question, we may give a general answer. Uh, so the first energy transfer, um, sexual energy transfer, is red ray, the red chakra. It is a random transfer having only to do with your reproductive system. So this would be um, the, the foundation of what, what allows people to, to have the sexual experience, I think, is, is the... Random's kind of an interesting word choice there. Yeah. That, it is. That's not exactly the um the word indiscriminate that they used 
earlier. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and an indiscriminate uh, use of sexual energy would be at, at least red ray. Yeah. 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 Or could it be random transfer having only to do with your reproductive system, meaning like the sperm and the egg, you know? I mean, yeah. you can try, people, people can try to get pregnant for years and not, and then all of a sudden it happens, you know? And that, that, I, when I read it, well, that's what it I was thinking. say about. having only to do with the reproductive system. So you right. might, yeah, I see what you're saying. You're saying that literally pure physicality. is the physical, there's sperm swimming up to an egg. And yeah, and the, and the random chance that one makes it through or the millions that try don't make it through. And is that a, that's a transfer, not an exchange, actually, it says. And again, I, you know, I want to be careful about allowing them some latitude um, to choose different words, but that would, um, that would kind of make sense, right? You make a deposit, that's basically just a transfer. And that may be the only thing that was done. Yeah. Yeah. If, 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 if the woman was unconscious, even you could still have <laughs> a transfer that's only related to the to the reproductive system, basically. Got it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so there might be more to unpack there, but maybe <laughs> another time. Um, With heavier disclaimers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, maybe I'm still we should, we should this find a, a a woman that would like to uh, jump in the conversation just to get that perspective. Right. I, I considered that, but I also realized I'd have a lot harder time probably in the conversation, <laughs> even if my wife was the one. And I love talking to her about this stuff, too. Um, but, yeah, it, it is a funny thing to have this conversation about female and having no female. So, yeah, uh, we can we can notate that it would be ideal to eventually. Yeah, we're, we're all in agreement that that would be a little yeah. bit more balanced if we were. We, we are we are wholly and 100 percent. uh aware of the fact that we are speaking with complete ignorance of what the female side of it is and because... actively accepting applications for the law of one deep dive <laughs> yeah. female panelists mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah. all of our disclaimers are out of the way let's go to the next paragraph yeah the orange and the yellow ray attempts to have sexual intercourse and immediately they they combine these two the orange and the yellow ray attempts to have sexual intercourse which are the way we see ourselves and the way we see others in society and um, our relationship to others in the, in the current third density consciousness of Earth. This is where we end up having a lot of the complications of imbalanced sexual energy transfers because of the lessons that we're all learning. So the, on the orange and the yellow ray levels, these attempts to have sexual intercourse, firstly, you'll have a blockage if only one entity vibrates in this area, um, thusly causing the entity vibrating sexually in this, this area to have a never-ending appetite for this activity. And if, uh, yeah, that's a, a discussion there on its own that we can have in a second. But then they say what these vibratory levels are seeking is green ray activity, the heart. There is the possibility of orange or yellow ray energy transfer, this being polarizing towards the negative, one being seen as object rather than other self, the other seeing itself as plunderer or master of the situation. Um, and then they talk about the green ray, which we were just describing. And then after that, they said this energy transfer of the green ray, of the opened heart, is blocked only if one or both entities have fear of possession 
fear of being possessed or desiring possession or desiring being possessed. So I brought up this part here with these this list of four blockages because this is about the orange and the yellow ray blockages. Yeah. And one being seen as object rather than other self. The other seeing itself as plunder or master of the situation is another way of saying this um, desire for possession or fear, fear of possession. And this um, makes sense, obviously, because our our true connectivity to other selves really doesn't happen until the fourth ray and the green energy center. So it kind of makes sense that these are kind of the defining characteristics of lower vibratory energy exchange. And this is also a defining characteristic of potentially all relationship troubles that that seem seem so difficult for people to overcome, like attachment to the other person seems to yeah. be connected to seeing the other person as a possession or an object. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, I mean, that's huge. And I interpret that the same way. And I fully believe that that's exactly what Ra is saying and and likely that the energetic exchange in cases like this may not be um, creating as much positive catalyst for participants as it could be. And the other big thing to, to note here is orange and yellow ray, you know, how you see yourself and how you see yourself in society. If, if the person doesn't have self-confidence and then they attach their life to another person, both physically, sociologically, and sexually, then if you don't stand on solid ground at the beginning, then you may build the concept of yourself around the concept of you in that relationship. You can't love someone else until you love yourself. Otherwise, it turns into this um, dependency. You know, you can't be who you are without that other person. And that's a lack of the orange and yellow ray being vibrant. So then you would like they're saying you would constantly crave that transfer of sexual energy because you don't have it. It's not inherent within yourself. You need to constantly receive it from that other person. Right. Yeah. Codependency. <clears throat> yeah. The never ending appetite for this activity is definitely like the activity that is never fully satisfying because you don't, you're not personally transformed by it. Yeah, and that's what's interesting is that the very next sentence does say what they're seeking is green ray. Yeah. And so that's kind of interesting that they have a never-ending appetite at attempts made at orange and yellow because they're not actually landing at what it is that they're seeking. Well, I think that what he's saying there essentially is that uh, they're seeking green ray and in order to have green ray, an open heart, a love for everyone else, you have to start from that place where you have a love for yourself and you you know your place in society. So you're seeking green ray, and uh, the, the, you 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 can like touch green ray because of this transfer that you have with this other person who's already a green ray. Because what they're saying is the person who's blocked in orange or yellow will have an insatiable appetite because they essentially didn't have their orange and yellow rays uh, solid enough for them to achieve green ray. But when this person who had green ray gave them this opportunity to touch green ray, they want it more and more, but they don't have the confidence or the wherewithal within themselves 
to get it their own orange and yellow and then step into their own green ray. They're oh, they're okay. substituting it. Yeah, you're was, you're down below there. Right? That was right. the next paragraph. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. This one says the other green ray possibility um, is that of one entity offering green ray energy, the other not offering green, not offering energy of the universal of energy. This resulting in a blockage of energy for the one not green ray, thus increasing frustration or appetite. So that never ending um, appetite was increased. Then the more green ray the other partner is. Yeah, that that's how you read that too, right? So there's saying yeah. one entity's offering, the other one's not. Yeah. yeah. And that creates a blockage for the one not offering. No, no, no not the, the one who's not offering is already blocked. It creates a frustration and insatiable appetite for the one that's already blocked because yeah. they want to be in green ray, but they don't know how to achieve it through their own means, so they're using the other person as a crutch. Well, hang on a second. I want to make sure I get I get this completely right here. Um, so let's go with A and B. Uh, person A is offering, B is not. And it says, this results in a blockage of energy for the one not green ray. So would that be B? This creates a blockage of energy for B, thus increasing frustration or appetite. And also, my second question, is that increasing frustration or appetite in B, or is that increasing it in A because A is the one that is... Well, the, 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 the final portion of the sentence is the green ray being polar... The, the one who's in green ray is being polarized slightly towards service to others. So the one who is vibrating green ray does not have an increased frustration or appetite. Okay. They're actually helped. They, they actually, their hearts are open more towards yeah. the meaning who's needing to be by being offered even if not accepted right well i think it's always um experienced it's just it's not seen in the same lens oh it's not offered back i see but yeah okay. and that's what i wanted to kind of make sure of here and and that would certainly resonate but just to make sure that somebody on offer of green ray energy is not going to pay an unnecessary price for that and right yeah, it's always beneficial to have your heart open and have sex if if your heart is completely open to that person, apparently. And this is also not talking about homosexuality. That's a disclaimer. It's talking about male and female. And the discussion about homosexuality, I didn't even include that. People can search for that on their own the law of one. That's a whole separate discussion that if I put any commentary on there, that will be controversial. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, Let, let's get the uh, let's get the, the the bare essentials down before we start talking about the uh the minutia of different things because it's it's already so complex in the way that ross says everything that yeah you could spend um, a lifetime just trying to figure that out before we go on though can we go back real quick to the yellow ray i wanted to just get one more clarification at the beginning of that um yep. There yep. We go. so um firstly a blockage if only one entity vibrates in this area so let's say you've got two vibrating at yellow and they are in the right vibration and therefore not blocked and not having a never-ending appetite for this activity. It says what these vibratory levels are seeking is green ray activity. And so I'm I'm kind of um, curious as to what happens when two orange or better yet yellow ray co-resonant 
beings come together and if they're targeting green, are they able to achieve green or do they just harmonize at yellow? Well, I think this this last paragraph of this of this last sentence here, there is the possibility of orange or yellow ray energy transfer, this being polarizing towards the negative, one being seen as the object rather than the other self, the other seeing a selfless plunder or master of the situation. Oh, so if you are both at yellow, you could both be seeing it that way and be polarizing negative yeah. by just yeah. going into okay. Okay. So this this is where we have all the deviations, sexual deviations of uh people wanting to be in, in chains and whatever. I I did not I've never gone down that road, but yeah, I assume I, that there's an energy around enjoying being a dominant uh, or a, enslaved and that kind of yeah. thing. So when they say what these vibratory levels are seeking is green ray, I'm going to take that as a very broad sort of, this is the upward spiral of light. This is where, you know, the direction that they're heading, not so much that, you know, that if they happen to connect just right, that it'll happen. Um, because I think that next sentence is a little bit more clear. Um, okay. Thank you. Yeah, this is, this is great to have these discussions because this is a lot to unpack. Yeah. And there is one more. This is not the end of the discussion around the chakras where they went through the list. So I'm excited to get through this and go to the next one too. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm going to finish reading this whole thing then, I guess. Um, so in third ray, fourth, uh, yeah, fourth ray in this next paragraph. So there were the two, the two possibilities. The first, we talked about this, but I'll read it again. If both vibrate in fourth ray, the, the love center, there will be a mutually strengthening energy transfer the negative or female, as you call it, drawing the energy from the roots of the beingness up through the energy centers, thus being physically revitalized, the positive or male polarity, as it is deemed in your illusion, finding in this energy transfer an inspiration which satisfies and feeds the spirit portion of the mind of the body-mind-spirit complex, thus both being polarized and releasing the excess of that which each has in abundance by nature of intelligent energy, that is, negative intuitive, positive physical energies as you may call them this energy transfer being blocked only if one or both entities have fear of possession fear of being possessed of desiring possession or desiring being possessed i have one i have another clarification in here since we're getting so metaphysically granular as we're talking about exchange here and you know again maybe this is super academic or pedantic here but um, so if we look at just the line, drawing the energy from the roots of being this up through the energy centers, do you guys definitely take this to be um, definitely clear that the energy is being exchanged as opposed to there's sort of the net effect of an exchange because, you know, for example, this experience allows the female to draw up the physical energy from the roots allows the male to draw it down through the crown chakra but again through their own energy centers through this process by you know virtue of the fact that it's kind of an exchange of intention or you know what those intentions are or or do you actually see it as she is drawing energy up from the roots of beingness from the male which are then transferred from his complex to hers I expect that you could see this in a physical dimension sense that there's actually a connection between the metaphysical and the physical natures of male and female at the root red energy center level. 
where we, we obviously have our genitalia. There's this there's this burst of energy right there. Um, Plus, they're saying the root of being this, which to me says the physical world, and then the male is drawing down from the crown chakra, which is the metaphysical world. So again, like yin and yang, like the the woman uh, brings to the table an abundance of crown chakra energy and the male brings an abundance of physical energy. And then when they come together, you know, he's saying he's drawing it up from the root of being it, but it's really that the male brings the physical and the female brings the metaphysical. And when you bring them together, they're, they're exchanging these two. It's not necessarily like she's got to have her foot on the ground so that she can draw it up from the ground, you know, and he's got to have yeah. his head in the air. Yeah, no, like it's, that a, kind it's of an stuff. actual exchange. So then of course yeah. my next question is that, um, is there any purity or pedigree or anything with the energy? Is there any unique or nuanced natures when it comes from person A versus, you know, person B, et cetera, is the, or are these the, you know, the most pure essential natures of these energies as they come across. And in which case it's, it's indistinguishable whether it comes from that specific person with whom you are in energetic exchange or any other random person or the universe itself. I think that it's a blank slate. I think that you're sending those energies. Those energies have, uh, it's a blank slate of energy. You're sending physical energy. That person took their whole life and brought themselves to the point where their green energy center is open. And yeah, that's all individuated. That's each person got there their own way. And, but when the energy transfer happens, the energy is the purest form of the energy. And then it goes into the opposite person and, and imbibes them characterized by what their character is. Yeah. Or, or animates them. Is it? Yeah. Based on the receiver is basically, that's what's going to get inspirited. It's not necessarily going to be informed per se by the energy yeah. itself that was yeah transmitted okay. yeah like you're i don't think you're sending open heart energy chakra because you know you had whatever you had like a a, a a good childhood you're not sending good childhood heart chakra center to the other person you're just sending heart chakra energy to the other right. person it's a there are clearly um differences between physical energy and vital energy also which are confusing to me um that but so for example uh ra has said that uh in session 44 at the beginning they were asking about carl record's vitality and ra said sexual energy transfers have at some workings given this instrument additional vital resources upon which to draw however this is not so at this working so so i think after they said this then they started to make sure that carla and jim were having sex before the sessions or you know at some point in order to help her become more revitalized and i don't know if um there's more to it with the different kinds of energy that are you know essentially feeding each other through the process and in that sense maybe there's difference between different people where you're getting a different amount of of uh healing with different amounts of vital energy versus physical energy and that kind of thing. But that's still mysterious to me. I think that that has a yin and yang effect as well. Like, you know, one, one can feed the other and, and vice versa. It's not necessarily so much that they're both, you can't dissect one completely from the other. 
Yeah. Right. Like I know when I, I've, I've done ayahuasca or I've done DMT and had these completely, or, or even uh, mushrooms for that matter, just had these in, immense metaphysical experiences and you come back, you kind of feel like you're physically buzzing, you know, you, but although you know, you're not, uh, you know, that, that, that really nothing has changed, but you just have this, uh, like energetic hum or buzz. I don't, I don't know exactly how, I mean, you'd have to experience it and come back to me with what you think it, the words to put to it are. It seems like the vital energy almost drives the physical as they described it <clears throat> in other sessions that when, right you would run out of physical you can you can draw upon the vital yeah. and so to me i almost see vital as sort of the etheric or you know just right outside of the physical plane energy yeah. that's feeding into you know what we then consider to be our physical energy and so if if the that's yeah. why i think they explain pretty clearly that if you ultimately sap your vital energy uh, completely then i think that's amounts to death right yeah it could be that physical energy is like a complex form of vital energy too yeah. yeah yeah it's it's sort of like the distilled or or you know manifested uh representation of it yeah yeah but i and i also think that you can you can revitalize your vital energy through physical means i think that you know if you have low vital energy and then you go out and you have a great day with someone that you love sex aside uh you can revitalize your vital energy. You know, if you're, if you have a shitty week at work and you're feeling just kind of down in the dumps and your vital energy has gone, and then you go on a hike with someone that you love and you have a great conversation and you experience nature and, and, and the beauty of, of this world that we live in, that that physicality can help uh, boost your vital energy. Maybe, but what we are reading for sure is that they are saying it happens during sex. And so I'm also kind of curious yeah. We've talked about the energy center exchanges, but now this is still a little bit different at the vital energy. And I'm a little curious as to how that, you know, if and how that plays a role with her, with, you know, what Mike, what you have highlighted right now. And it, and it said she was getting it for a while and then kind of stopped. And Right. Yeah. The amount of sex she was having was directly related to how much energy she had. Hmm. So um, this is, we're getting lower on time here. Um, and this is, yeah, the, the nature of, of vital energy, prana, that's worthy of another study completely, I think. Um, and uh, so I, I think I just want to finish reading this, this passage and then get to the next one. And then um, so we can, we can kind of conclude the, the thought of what the chakras relationship is with um, sexual energy transfer. And then, um, yeah, I think doing a study on the, the nature of spirit and the influence may even relate to the vital energy on some level too. So I want to, I want to unpack that another time, I think. Um, but, uh, so, so the, yes, yeah, so we read the, the other greenery possibility is that of one offering and the other not offering which was increasing frustration and appetite and the one not offering the green ray energy, the heart open hearted space. And then if, if we have any overachievers in this reality, <laughs> the blue ray energy transfer is somewhat rare among your people at this time, but is of great aid due to the 
energy transfers involved in becoming able to express the self without reservation or fear. Man. Dig that. So that's yeah, I that's feel like gotta be completely open green ray, you know? Yeah. And and such a strong base in red, orange, yellow with such an open green would create that, you know. And do you think that this is becoming able to express itself without reservation or fear within the context that we're talking, meaning the green ray experience itself elevates such that the expression, you know, that's most naturally coming through is allowed to come through without reservation or fear? Is that how yeah. you get to read this? It's very contextual. So this is specifically now, not only are you in this, this fully, you know, green ray encounter, um, but now you're also feeling completely open to express whatever it is that's coming through. Right. That's cool. And this is, you know, the, the Blu-ray openness is also related to honesty, being brutally honest, brutally open, completely um, not, not feeling vulnerable with your expression, just completely confident in that energy. Uh, and then... Um, I think the other the other one I want to look at has a little bit more explanation of that too. So I'll get through this and we'll go back to Blu-ray, I think, um, in the last 10 minutes here. Um, the indigo ray transfer is extremely rare among your people. This is the sacramental portion of the body complex whereby contact may be made through the violet ray with intelligent infinity. No blockages may occur at these latter two levels due to the fact that if both entities are not ready for this energy, it is not visible and neither transfer nor blockage may take place. It is as though the distributor were removed from a powerful engine. And then they conclude this with an example of this. Uh, this instrument was able, as an example of this working, to baffle the Orion group during, I believe they meant that this was LSD, but that the word LSD was lost mysteriously from the tape recorder because they were switching out uh, tape recorders often, but, but it just says tape blank here. Um, so, so, so they're saying Carl Record was able to baffle the Orion group due to the fact that it effectively completely opened other self to third ray. Um, we correct the self green ray energy. They meant, they meant fourth ray, um, and partially open other self to blue ray interaction. So, so when Carl Record began to, um, open herself up using LSD, having sex, that was when she received that she was transferring so much energy at the higher level that she began opening up Jim to Blu-ray energy. Wow. So, a disclaimer that we don't recommend the use of illegal substances, but um, that's another discussion entirely. Um, I don't infringe on free will, so I try not to recommend one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the other one I was excited about here is 84. So we went going from 26 all the way up to 84 to have this discussion again that when um, uh, Ross said in 84, number 20, uh, the question was, with respect to green, blue, and indigo transfers of energy, how would the mechanism for these transfers differ in making them possible or setting the groundwork for them in orange ray? Um, 
and he kind of asked a, a jumbled question. Um, and then Ross says, we would take a moment to state and reply to a previous comment that we shall answer each query, whether or not it has been previously covered or not to do so would be to baffle the flow of quite another transfer of energy. Uh, to respond to your query, we will firstly wish to agree with your sup supposition that the subject you now query upon is a large one, or in it lies an entire system of opening the gateway to intelligent infinity. You may see that some information is necessarily shrouded in mystery by our desire to preserve the free will of the adept. So they're not even recommending that we have sex. <laughs> <laughs> the great key to blue, indigo, and finally, that great capital of the column of sexual energy transfer, violet energy transfers, is the metaphysical bond or distortion which has the name among your peoples of unconditional love. So this is the great key is unconditional love Aww. to begin working with these energies. I thought they said there was no violet energy transfer in that previous section. Didn't they only go up to indigo? If both entities are not ready for this energy, it is not visible, and neither transfer nor blockage may take place. It says so the, the indigo is extremely rare. Oh, made through the violet ray. This is sacrament contact may be made through the violet ray. Oh, with intelligent infinity. So yeah, they still don't actually talk about a violet energy exchange there, do they? Not in this one. They don't. They don't say hardly anything about these uh, indigo and violet. Okay. natures um but here but they, they also say, say that the violet is always there. Say it's possible okay all right i'll continue um so in, the, in session 84 they said in the blu-ray energy transfer the quality of this love is refined in the fire of honest communication and clarity that is shall we say normally meaning in general takes a substantial portion of your space time to accomplish. This generally takes a substantial portion of your space time to accomplish. Although there are some instances of matings so well refined in previous incarnations and so well remembered that the Blu-ray may be penetrated at once. Oh man, that's gotta be nice. <laughs> <laughs> find the, find the shortcut. Well, I mean, yeah, but you know, you just happen to meet the person you happen to have, you know, several centuries of experience with. I mean, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. This energy transfer is of great benefit to the seeker, and that all communication from the seeker is thereby refined, and the eyes of honesty and clarity look upon a new world. Oh. Such is the nature of Blu-ray energy, and such is one mechanism of potentiating and crystallizing it. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Andrew, you sound mighty disappointed, but I got to throw this in there, a little spanner in the works for you. If we are all one, we have all already experienced true and honest communication with everyone else before the splintering, you know, before the fracturing. So yeah. it's our goal to get everybody back to that love unconditionally because we're all one. And then it will, I think that that will instantly do everything that they were talking about in Blu-ray that you were him and hawing about. <laughs> because well, it would happen instantly. I, I don't know that I'm like him and hawing. I like it. I like all the, the potentials and everything that they're talking about here, though. I, I think that I would say that um, 
if you uh if you put it at a metaphysical level yeah. and you say we're all one then sex is basically metaphysical masturbation again there you go <laughs> i mean but that's like the root that's the those are the the I, and i say that only tongue in cheek like i actually feel like that's energetically you know where the green and these other rays are really coming in is in yeah. that pure intention of loving another self like you love yourself you love god you know that kind of thing yeah and, and i uh the same like i was tongue-in-cheek saying you were him and holland because i know that you want those things and I, I put it in that negatively connotated way just because i'm trying to go ultra optimistic and positive with it because if you realize that at one point we were we were all one and that maybe sex is this metaphysical masturbation maybe the open heartness can come quicker the the discovery between two people can come quicker and the the polarization towards love will happen in mass yeah well it says above there that the the great key is unconditional love yeah and so yeah. i i think that when you have people vibrating you know in proper ranges that this is actually probably relatively natural and and easily attained yeah. Honest communication and clarity with unconditional love. I think there comes a form of honest communication and clarity in that I think a big portion of unconditional love that isn't so easy, especially in society now, is um, forgiveness. And the, the clarity and the honest communication, if you, a lot of times, if you could talk to somebody and clearly project to them why you did what you did, then, then the love or the or the the lost love that happened from some action would go away because the the understanding of why the person did it, uh, you know. And, and I always go back to the getting cut off in traffic thing because everybody can can uh, think of a time when they were. But if someone cut you off in traffic and it was and they could explain the horrible week that they had and the reason they had to get where they were going one second ahead of you and cut you off in traffic, then maybe your unconditional love would be much easier because you're like, you know what? You know, I'm not having such a bad week. You're oh. obviously having a bad week. I forgive you for cutting me off. Go, anything I could do to help you get there one second sooner, please go. And Negative, I can- Ghost Rider, you just pinned your love 100% conditioned on that guy's sob story. And I will say- that guy could absolutely be cutting you off because he hates you and your car and your bumper sticker and everything about yeah. you and your unconditional love would still allow you to, uh, to love him. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying and this is about, this is about crazy. the, the archetypal aspect of mind being recognized where, you know, we're, we're, we're fully stepping into the, the pure recognition of self as, as creator, you know, regardless of the, of the content of the, of the action of the yeah. action yeah. yeah and i think that that did you say that i that my example was making my love conditional on their sob story if his just... if if the story matters that's my that's my point if you say oh well once i heard the story then i can go back to unconditionally loving him i guess i'm gently prodding back and saying if his story yeah. were the exact opposite 
I'd still like you to love him unconditionally. That's why this takes a substantial portion of your space time to accomplish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I'm not saying that the sob story made the difference. I'm saying that if you had clarity of what that person was going through, you might yeah. not have started the hate in the first place. If they oh, could, 100%. If, yeah, if they I could. totally agree with you there, that that's yeah. how you, you disempower all of those, you know, reactionary right. yeah. to begin with. And this is the fire of honest communication and clarity. Can we can we yell at each other until we're completely <laughs> clear? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and also this is where the veil comes in place because if you knew this person's reasoning for cutting you off, then you wouldn't get mad in the first place. But the veil's there because it's given you the opportunity to forgive them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you knew that shitty morning that guy had. Yeah, then being a perfect human being would just be super easy, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you a bone here. Like, here, <laughs> right? Take that spot in front of me in traffic. Right. If we all knew that, people would just be walking up on our bad days and giving us a free cup of coffee and right. Exactly. Oh, hey, I got you a donut. <laughs> I know exactly. You're a great day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man. The the veil it certainly serves its purpose. Although while we're down here mired in the thickness of it, we're like, what the hell? <laughs> right. Where's Where's my donut? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is a great thing to come back to maybe in a future session. The, the Nature Blu-ray openings. Because this is, you know, not just about uh, one, not just about sexual energy. This is this is one mechanism of potentiating and crystallizing the Blu-ray is yeah. through the sexual exchange. Um, and then finally, as we approach indigo ray transfer, we find ourselves in a shadow land where we cannot give you information straight out or plain, where this is seen by us to be an infringement. We cannot speak at all of violet, violet ray transfer as we do not again desire to break the law of confusion. Uh, we may say that these jewels, though dearly bought, are beyond price for the seeker and might suggest that just as each awareness is arrived at through a process of analysis, synthesis, and inspiration, so should, each, so should the seeker approach its mate and evaluate each experience seeking the jewel. So every, every argument with your spouse, you can evaluate that and find the jewel yeah, that is um, the higher interpretation. I would like to just go ahead and commend Ra on leaving the law of confusion fully intact. <laughs> <laughs> but quite successfully. Did a, did a damn fine job. How many yeah, pages? Not a, not a scratch on her. <laughs> yeah. What is what? it? Is it like 500 pages in the first book and uh, how many pages? Like 500. So a thousand pages of uh, lots of clarity, but so much confusion still left. <laughs> Yeah. I think there may be a hint if we look up at uh, 82.13 uh, and 14 here, where they, they reference that this is actually talked about in Tantric Yoga. Although um, we preface this with a reminder that each system is quite distorted and its teachings always half lost. Um, but, but this was a follow-up to um, 84.12 uh uh, Don asked, um, I'm guessing what happens when, when a transfer when a transfer takes place, that the energy is it the light energy that comes in through the feet of the entity and starts the and then he trails off. The voltage or potential difference starts with the red energy center, and in the case of the green energy energy transfer terminates at the green energy center 
and then must leap or flow from the green energy center of the one entity to the green of the other, and then something happens to it. Could you clear up my thinking on that? And then uh, Ross says, yes. And then Ross says, to clear that up, the energy transfer occurs in one releasing of the potential difference. This does not leap between the green and green energy centers, but is the sharing of the energies of each from red, from each each chakra from red ray upwards. In this context, it may be seen to be at its most efficient when both entities have an orgasm simultaneously. However, it functions as transfer if either has the orgasm, and indeed in the case of the physically expressed love between a mated pair, which does not have the conclusion you call orgasm, there is nonetheless a considerable amount of energy transfer due to the potential difference which has been raised as long as both entities are aware of this potential and release its strength to each other by desire of the will and a mental or mind complex dedication. You may see this practice as being used to generate energy transfers in some of your practices of what you may call other than Christian religious distortion systems of the law of one. And then the clarification of what that those religious distortion systems are is one example being that that of the tantric yoga. Um, so there's there's a, a hinting here that with the um, the discipline to to become aware of this potential and release its strength through a desire of the will and a, and a mental dedication to this exchange, this can this can enhance the uh, the experience. So this is just something that gives people a research trail that I have not yet gone on, um, barely begun to, because there's so many there's so many writings on this in the in the Hindu texts that um, when they say the teachings are always half lost, that that, that doesn't inspire me to always know. Yeah, that's disconcerting when you've got a, a tradition that's already thousands of years lost and it's telling you that it's half gone. Yeah. Um, I think that when, as we go through the cycles on this planet that uh, we get, you know, when we go into these golden ages, we get closer and closer to having a complete, under, complete understanding of it. But as is the cyclical nature of life and, and this experience that we're, we're going through is consciousness trying to figure itself out that it, it has to in some way, shape or form be lost uh, to time so that you can rediscover it again through the catalysts to go through the process again and, and build each person up individually so that they can build the uh, societal strength. That may be what we're doing right now. Yeah, it's, it's got a built-in iterative nature to it that we're allowed to go as deep in vibration and density as we want and we always have an iterative upward progression and yeah I, I was trying to see if i could tie this together with the archetypes in some better way but um it, it, it seems as though we'll, we'll, we'll keep talking about this as we talk about the archetypes more in future sessions but it, it seems like the the process of 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 understanding the balances between male and female are a part of this you know this interplay that that is causing the blockages between male and female, and then as we as we become more and more purely the the manifestation of the magician, the manifestation of the of the sage as as the male archetype, and then as the female as, as we appreciate the nature of the high priestess, the nature of the of the, the the justice the lady liberty you could say that there's this 
there's this pure freedom in that awareness of the balanced, the even functioning, the balanced working that can, that can bring us closer and closer to that, that, that point of really understanding unconditional love to the point where it can be, we can work through it in a very honest and open way. And yeah, I think it's inevitable that, that as we, as we dive more into the, the purity of, of what these male and female, you know, divine masculine, divine feminine natures are representing, we can, we can purely get into the, the most useful and beneficial spiritually uh, generative, spiritually um, expressive and inspirational forms of expression um, that, that we're, that we're seeking. In, in balance specifically. And I totally agree. Understanding the energies will help us understand how they play together and help us uh, keep that balance as we move forward. And I always think, especially on the second and, and third read through these passages, whenever they mention something like, uh, you know, one of the lessons from the last uh, octave or the last universe or whatever they want to call it was the male and femaleness. Then my mind immediately always goes, because like now we have free will and that was one of the distortions. So was one of the previous iterations not having free will? You know, you have to choose from these set paths. You can't just choose whatever you want. You know, was one of the previous iterations, everybody was a eunuch and they had complete balanced male and female already within them. And then consciousness went, well, that was a little too easy. Let's make some of them have most of the male energy and a little bit of the female. And some of them have most of the female and a little bit of the male. And let's see if they can figure out how to come together and balance it in pairs or, you know, as a society, it's just like my mind, tri I'll, I'll read one sentence and then an hour later, I'll be like, oh, where was I? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense in, in a universe where we come to learn that we can't do it alone. Yeah, and we're in fact, not alone. We yeah. are energetically created and divided in a way that just, you know, we're naturally drawn to work together. Yeah. Pulls us back together. And, and to some degree, they talk about magnetism with male and female, but they even talk about this attractive magnetism is like gravity that that yeah. even the gravitational forces are a reunion of of the separateness of of the of the of the creator experiencing itself mm. yeah all right so i'm excited to continue these kinds of discussions in future mm -hmm. months yeah likewise thank you Absolutely. so much guys thank you to everyone attending these and uh well i think we'll, we'll keep on posting these completely free and they're on the podcast if people want to look at the podcast we have it now on spotify and itunes and um google play and if there's any others that we didn't think of you can let me know we'll get it on there too and, and one thing um i wanted to say uh nathan and i went on a, a bike ride uh god it must have been a month ago now at this point this summer is just flying past um but we were talking about one idea for one of the podcasts to be uh like a vocabulary just just go through it and talk about what they what we think they mean by intelligent energy intelligent infinity you know and and just lay down a base work for what the low guy and the sub low guy are that way if for no other reason in our own minds are four different minds coming together collectively and agreeing that like okay this is what we think that this is this means when we say it for, yeah, for there, that clarity that we were there are speaking. some that are that are pretty important contextually like wisdom and understanding like i was talking about earlier to the to the kabbalist that's you know a really specific thing Ra uses those words very differently and it doesn't mean that there isn't some overlap but it's helpful to know kind of how they compare and contrast within you know a tradition or framework that 
It might be. Weird. Yeah, I was actually just talking to somebody a couple weekends ago, and we were saying that, like, you know, all this knowledge, if you meditate and you and you think on it, these this knowledge will come to you. The books and things that you read help put a verbiage to it so that you can express it to other people because I can't telepathically yet tell you what the download that I got. So I have to put it in this linear verbiage, word after word, it becomes a paragraph. You know what I mean? Like it's this cumbersome way of communicating. So if we could get a baseline vocabulary down, it might make the, pu pushing the ideas back and forth a little bit easier. Yep, definitely. And honestly, that was how I originally started studying the law of one back in like 2007. David Wilcock put a study guide on his website where you just start out reading the definition of the words. And that was just the, the beginning. For really? Study. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. And it's on law of one or just on it, blank definitions? On, on law of one specifically at divinecosmos.com. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, Wilcock touches on absolutely everything. Could have been anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think somebody else helped put it together too. So it's like a collaborative effort. Nice. All right. Thank you guys. Likewise. Yeah. You guys have a great rest of your weekend. You too. Thanks, Mike. See you guys. Take care. Bye.